You're listening to WGSN DB, Going Solo Network, Singles Talk Radio Channel, where we take a lighthearted and candid approach to discussions on the journey of relationship loss, divorce, parenting, being single, relationships building, dating, and yes, sex. Join our listeners and begin living your best life. Welcome to Divorce, Dating, and Empowered Living with your host, Rosalind Sedaka. Join Rosalind each week on a journey toward overcoming life's many challenges to achieve peace, empowerment, and positive transformation. It's time to relax, unwind, and transform your life with Rosalind Sedaka. Hello, everyone. This is Rosalind Sedaka, and you're listening to WGSNDB, the Going Solo Network. And this show is Divorce, Dating, and Empowered Living with Rosalind Sedaka. And every show we invite guest experts who have the, the awareness and the uh, experience to share their expertise on topics related to divorcing and relationships and living life to its fullest. And today, of course, is no exception. I'm very excited to introduce you to my guest. And her name is Andrea Hips, and Andrea is a licensed social worker and a certified divorce coach who helps parents along the divorce continuum and helps to resolve their divorce debris and create beautiful to-address families for their kids. I love that. She's the author of the book, The Best, Worst Time of Your Life, Four Practices to Get You Through the Pain of Divorce which outlines the four practices you need to create wholeness and healing for you and your kids before, during, and after divorce. So welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much, Rosalind. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I'm very happy to have you. I heard you on an interview, and I was um, very impressed with what you had to say, and I knew you would be the guest that I would want to have on my show. So we're talking today about the missing pieces in your divorce And um, unfortunately, too many people have missing pieces when they get divorced, and that creates regrets down the line. So we want to help people make the best decisions, especially when they're divorcing with with children. And um, so let me ask you this. um, What's our best self, and how can we use that to lead us through the divorce process? You know, our, our best self is that person that we love to give to the world, right? It's the person when we're, when we're at our best, we're offering our true gifts and, and the qualities that are most beautiful about us to the world. We're doing it when we're volunteering, uh, when we're parenting well with our kids, when we're loving on our family and giving ourselves away to our friends. But unfortunately, the divorce process has a way of shifting us into fight or flight pretty permanently, right, when it gets started. And so what happens in fight or flight is as we're looking around at threats constantly around us, our best self as it relates to our divorce gets put on a shelf. And when we do that, we start to experience the static of having two lives of, you know, over here, I'm doing really great sort of functioning in these areas of my life. And over here in my divorce, I continue to offer sort of a person who's on edge, who's, who can't be creative about solutions, and who really struggles to raise the, the content and the level of the conversation up to what it should be. So some of the work that I do with my clients is really identifying what are the qualities that make up the part of you that is your best self, 
And then more importantly, what are the red flags that indicate when you are moving away from that best self? And how do you start to take notice of those and, and then sort of regroup and reassess and reenter the situation as your best self? Totally makes sense. So I yeah. understand in, in your work that you focus on three pieces that are most often missing from the divorce recovery process for parents, and I'd love for you to tell us a little something about that. Yeah, the, the, the three pieces that I notice people are missing really are vital if you want to start creating a life that has a deep level of well-being on the other side of divorce. You can not do these. Plenty of people don't do them. We all know the people who are, are divorced, the parents who are divorced, who continue to sort of live in that stage of resentment and bitterness toward each other. If you are seeking to avoid or minimize that in your life, these are the three things I see people skipping over most often. The first is owning your own part. And I think in divorce, you know, it's, it's very easy to sort of go quick to blame. And owning your own part just means having a commitment to only telling what you regret about how you contributed to the divorce. Most people love to spin a story about what the other person did to cause the problem, right? And so how we start to own our own part, I, I usually start people out really simply on that and just using John Gottman's uh, Four Horsemen of the Marriage Apocalypse. Where in your marriage did you express contempt, which is just simply the absence of admiration? Where did you criticize and just pay attention to shortcomings? Where were you defensive when conversations were attempting to be had? And where were you stonewalling, which just means that you're withdrawing instead of engaging? If you can sit for even five or ten minutes and identify which of those uh, characteristics you contributed to your marriage and therefore to your divorce, it will go a long way toward taking down the intensity of blame in your divorce, which is really a great thing to do. The second thing is to develop gratitude for your former spouse. And I get a lot of resistance around that one, Rosalind. <laughs> I, I, most people, that's not a starting place for them. And, and I can just say in my own divorce recovery, I was challenged at one point to do three gratitudes for my former partner every morning in bed before I got out of bed, no repeats. And mm. my jaw dropped, right, at the, at the challenge that was, but I took it on. And what I noticed over time as I started to shift the spotlight from, from the, the easy-to-access blame issues, I started to be able to soften my posture toward my former, former partner, I was also able to start seeing what are the gifts that we're going to be able to use going forward? What are the actual positive characteristics that this person still brings? Even though I have my laundry list of things they can't be, what are the things that they really can offer? And then the final piece that's often missing is really doing the work to understand your co-parent's operating system. I watch a lot of co-parents exhausted by the behavior or inaction of their other co-parent. They are routinely shocked by very predictable actions and inactions, right? We're like, oh, I can't believe he just did this. I can't believe she just did this. Although mm -hmm. I have about five years of evidence to suggest that this is what he or she does. 
And so when we learn <laughs> the operating system of our former partner, we sort of spare ourselves a little bit of that shock and start creating strategies around knowing that this is going to happen. So when I talk about this, I know that I can anticipate this sort of a response because it's what I've gotten for the past five years. So how do I want to approach the situation with that in mind? Those three things, owning your part, developing gratitude for your former spouse, and, and really knowing your co-parent's operating system, it will absolutely fundamentally change your posture toward your children's other parents. Well, as the founder of the Child-Centered Divorce Network uh, and being so focused on divorce with children, I'm, I'm very impressed with um, those, those three pointers because they're nuanced. They take us out of the black and white looking at our, our divorce situation and, and move us out of just being in the blame game. And, and suddenly we're, we're dealing with issues that are much grayer and much more difficult to to discern and just whip out those those easy the, those easy comments and it forces us to look inside and I always talk to clients about doing their inner work first because you mm-hmm. can't move ahead in your own life without understanding those three factors and taking responsibility for the part you played in it otherwise you're learning nothing and you're going to move into another relationship with a different person with the same kind of issues that, that come up again. So this is excellent material, and I, I so appreciate your sharing it with us and understand how valuable it is for people who are in the beginning stages of divorce who, if, they're not, if this isn't brought up for them, they're missing a huge piece of the puzzle, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that's so hard in divorce is realizing how we're contributing to our own unhappiness. You know, we we get in divorce and very quickly assume the posture that our former partner is the source of all of our unhappiness. And again, their, their behaviors and lack of behaviors contribute to that. And we don't realize that by not Uh, going through these missing pieces that we're actually short-circuiting our own happiness and and that's the thing that I that I sort of hate to watch is because people want to feel better in divorce they really do and and people get in situations with their former partners where they really do think they have the worst former partner and I allow them that story right because it's their story it's very valuable to them like you don't understand he is so bad she is so difficult Great. You can have that story. Now what? Now what are we going to do? Because it's not changing. So how do we get our, how do we, how do we pull ourselves out of that fight or flight and pull ourselves over more into the reasoning side of our brain, which can be a lot more creative and start to offer solutions on our behalf instead of just sort of continuing to cover ourselves in the mud? Well, we're going to dive right into that a little further in just a moment. I'm going to stop right here to let you know that we've been talking to Andrea Hips, a certified divorce coach, and you're listening to Divorce Dating and Empowered Living with Rosalind Sedaka on WGSNDB, the Going Solo Network, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Cece Schatz, and I'd like to welcome you to Going Solo Network. 
Number one, complete singles connection. We strive to connect singles in a positive and fun way. Together, singles will begin to make new and lasting friendships, learn more about themselves, and embrace our new today lifestyle of going solo. Being single doesn't mean you have to be alone, and you can live a full, fun life, bringing your vibration to a higher level of attraction. Going Solo Network is an interactive social support singles community with several platforms helping singles connect with other like-minded individuals. We cover things like relationship loss, divorce recovery, embracing being single, single parenting, restructuring relationships, relationship building, transition into dating, and dating itself, solo in business, and going solo travelers. Be sure to join our private and exclusive fun interactive websites designed for singles today who want to begin to embrace living and enjoying the space they're in. Together we will learn to open our hearts, our minds, we will begin to share and connect with others while exploring our personal life goals as we begin to make a place in our new life. We will start to move forward in going solo to actually living our best lives. Going solo doesn't mean you have to be alone. Today, together, let's begin changing your life. Today, join the singles at Going Solo Network and start to live your new life. I'll see you there on GoingSoloNetwork.com. Hello, everyone. We're back. This is Rosalind Sedaka on WGSN-DV, the Going Solo Network. You're listening to Divorce, Dating, and Empowered Living. And our guest today is Andrea Hips, a certified divorce coach and licensed social worker. And we are talking about the missing pieces in your divorce recovery. Um, you, you've made some very important points, Andrea, and I wanted you to see if you could uh, dive in a little deeper for us and talk about how sure. divorce is a natural blame game and how do we move out of that blame game and, and start recognizing the, our own part in the process? Yeah, you know, we, we, we resist this part. We, we really mm-hmm. don't like owning our own part. And, and yeah. I ha- have a heart for people who have a difficulty doing this step. I had a hard time doing this step too because one of the things that happens when you're getting divorced is you start to – realize that the connections you have in your community are deepened when you have a really uh, uh, victimized type of story, right? If your spouse cheated on you, that story helps you to garner the support of your community, garner the support Mm -hmm. of your tribe, and it helps you to feel safe in a time when things are sort of falling away. And so we link to that, and we want to put the blame on the other person because if we don't, and we actually contributed we might not get as much sympathy and therefore that feels very exposing. So one of the ways that I like to talk with people about how to sort of safely walk into owning your own part is to really, and I know this is hard for people in divorce, but just attempt to put yourself five, ten years out and you're in a new relationship and spend some time thinking about all of the ways that you conducted yourself in this most recent marriage that is now ending in divorce and make a list of all of the ways that you behaved that you would like to again recreate in this new relationship what do you want to bring forward just because you got divorced doesn't mean everything was bad there were parts of you that that really were beautiful and you want to hold on to those 
So you want to have a real clear list of this is what I bring to relationship and I'm happy to do it again. The next far harder part is to make a list of all of the ways that you behave that you would not like to carry forward into a new relationship. And some of those regrets are the fertile ground for owning your part. And, and it also directs your attention to a new relationship and kind of keeps you from getting tangled up and defensive in the old one. So when you put it out there and, and sort of on this nameless, faceless new relationship, you can get out of sort of, well, I don't want to admit I'm wrong because he or she was way more wrong than I was, right? It sort of gets us some distance so that we can talk honestly with ourselves. That's really valuable, and, and I, I call them the, the lessons we've learned. If we could find those lessons and acknowledge them, then they really become gifts in, for future relationships, don't they? Absolutely. And, and I think divorce has a way of making us feel like it's just this dead-end thing, and, and it was a mistake, and, and I just want to get past the mistake and get on to, quote, my real life or my next life. <laughs> and it's not either of those things. It's a continuation of the same life, and you better hope that you spend some time working on how to bring it up at least 1% for yourself so that you don't have to do it again. Excellent. I love that. And so you also spoke about choosing gratitude, even when the hurt of divorce is so difficult. What's the advantage of focusing on gratitude? Well, you know, I think we have enough science to suggest that what we focus on expands. And when we choose to focus on what our partner can't be or won't be or should be, that's all we see. And I've done that. I would imagine you've done that. Oh, <laughs> it, yeah. It's a natural process. Is This problem is generated from this person and what they can or can't be. And so gratitude really starts to put a different light on our former partner. And one of the reasons that's so important, especially when we have children, is the fake it till you make it strategy is a fine place to start but it is not a long-term strategy that will serve you. So I, I talk to a lot of parents who are like, well, I never talk poorly about my, my kids' other parents. I never talk poorly about them. I think that's great. I think it's a great starting place. But I know that your kid can pick up on what you're not saying, that deep down you really do resent them and hold them responsible for the ways that your life turned out less than ideal. And so the art of divorcing well, and again, back to those missing pieces, is really teaching and learning how can my mouth and my heart start to say the same thing. And I I encourage parents to start looking and, and sort of shooting themselves out five years. How could you champion your kid's other parent? Your kid wants their other parent to be a hero. They don't want them to be the sad sack person who ruined our lives. They want to enjoy them. And newsflash, you're probably going to enjoy them a lot more too when you realize the things that they can bring. And I know it's hard because the list is long of all the ways that they've hurt you and disappointed you. But at some point, if you really want that, if you want to live in the freedom that you crave, that sort of mental freedom of stopping the static around your former partner, it is going to take you being willing to allow them to actually have some good qualities. And your kids want to hear those. And in a two-address family, 
your kids want the, the presence of their co-parent in that home, not necessarily physically, but that you can talk freely and joyfully about the other parent. For example, I love that you got an A on that test. I really want to make sure dad knows. Oh, my gosh, you totally did that well. That's your mom in you. I can see it, and I love it. Those are the kind of things that we want to be getting to on behalf of our kids. And I'm not going to say that it's easy, but it's really important, and your kids will thank you for it. And, and that's the crucial point. Your kids will thank you for it because they do pick up. Even even the youngest kids, they may not be able to say it and express it, but they pick up on the lack of respect, the disdain, the the attitude about the other parent, and that can, mm-hmm. hurts and confuses them because they can't say anything to you, and yet they don't know what to do to to fix it and make things right, and they feel guilty for loving that other person, that other parent who they know you're not loving. So it, it creates much more challenge for, for children to grow up when, when they're picking up on that. Do you, do you agree? I completely agree, and I think that it is the most challenging and beautiful act of parenting to do this work for yourself. You're not doing it for you, right, because you're like, I don't care about this person, and I don't want to be in a good relationship with them. But most parents will do anything to help their kids. And when you, when you sat on the front side of your divorce and you were worried about how the divorce was going to affect your kids, worry more about who, how you are going to affect your kids in divorce. Not the divorce. It's you. And so this, this missing piece is really owning that you have a considerable amount of agency and power around how you shape the story of your kids other parents and therefore their own sense of destiny around being in this family and really being able to enjoy the family that they're in instead of having to manage mom and dad. I, I so uh, feel aligned with everything you're saying, Andrea. It's, it's a joy to talk to you and um, get your perspective on all of this because I, I feel so so much in, in agreement, and I'd love for people to find out how to find you and, and um, your book as well. So can you share that with us? Sure, yes. Uh, you can send people or you can come join me over at andreahipsdivorcecoach.com. There's two Ps in hips, andreahipsdivorcecoach.com. And on there I offer a, uh, a free guide to how to communicate with, a, with a par- your former partner, even when they're difficult. So immediately run and get that because I would love for you to have that support. I also did just come out with a book which hit international bestseller on its pre-launch release date here in February. It's called The Best, Worst Time of Your Life or practices to get you through the pain of divorce. And it's really, it's not a how-to book in the sense of, of, of get a lawyer, get a mediator, you know, walk through the steps this way. It's how do I deal with the sort of chaos of mind and heart that seems to take root during the years that you're going through a divorce. So I hope that that will be a benefit to people. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and I'm offering very regular contributions to help support your divorce recovery. You can also sign up for my email and get support that way as well. Just want everyone to feel like they're not alone and they can get to the destination they want, which is a beautiful, healthy two-address family. There you go. Absolutely. So in the brief time we have left, we just have a couple of minutes. Yeah. Can you just talk quickly about um, how parents identify their triggers and what they can do about that? Sure. Identifying your triggers is super important so that you don't let them run away with you and so that you can see that your trigger is actually your value. And triggers generally fall into one of five categories. You're either triggered in your status, your sense of certainty, your sense of autonomy, your sense of relatedness, 
and your sense of fairness. And if you could spend some time as you're walking through your day when you get triggered trying to figure out which of those five things just got lit, then noticing that is definitely the first step to coming up with a strategy for handling it differently. And for, for even though the trigger will always be there, right, you will have a response that does not inflame you in the ways that it typically does after you've come up with that better strategy. But again, the first, the first step to that, and I know we're trying to close up, is really just noticing this is a trigger, it falls into this category, and really getting yourself on the map to know this is normal, everybody has triggers, I'm just like everybody else, <laughs> and now I have the chance to step two steps back from it and go, when it happens again, how could I give myself the thing that I just got triggered by. So in the sense of status, if you're being challenged by your former partner that you're not a good parent, how do you give yourself your own sense of assurance about status and not insist that they provide it for you? Does that make sense? Excellent advice. Excellent advice. Andrea, can you um, tell us again your website address? Yes, it's andreahipsdivorcecoach.com. And I offer a blog there. I am posting weekly to that and give people, again, tips and tricks for how to make sure that they are putting up the right guardrails to um, support themselves during divorce. I tend to take a, a straightforward, bottom line, challenging truths approach to my blog. I'm not really into fake it till you make it, or, or just sort of top level how you get through. Um, smile and, and wear a happy t-shirt, good vibes. I don't, I don't buy that, and so I don't promote that. So my blog is really about how to uh, deepen the work, like you said, going inward so that you can offer a different storyline than the sort of typical American divorce story that we've come to know and, frankly, not love. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, I'm in agreement with you about that as well. That That's um, definitely the philosophy that the Child-Centered Divorce Network has. So I want to thank you. Um, we've been listening to Andrea Hips, H-I-P-P-S. Reach out to her because she has a wealth of information that's really valuable to get through divorce and create a better outcome for you and everyone you love in the, in the long-run future. So thank you, Andrea. It was a pleasure talking with you. Same. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. And this is Rosalind Sedaka with WGSNDB, the Going Solo Network, Divorce, Dating, and Empowered Living. I hope you'll join us again on our next show, and I hope you'll visit the Child-Centered Divorce Network as well to find other resources of value for you before, during, and long after your divorce. Bye-bye for now. You're listening to WGSN-DB, Going Solo Network, Singles Talk Radio Channel, where we take a lighthearted and candid approach to discussions on the journey of relationship loss, divorce, parenting, being single, relationships building, dating, and yes, sex. Join our listeners and begin living your best life.